Welcome to the Eye Test, the fantasy football podcast for those who are tired of hearing boring stats all the time. This is episode 30 and another edition of our way, way, way too early series. This week we are doing our way, way, way too early third round. So guys, we know that the third round of this year's draft or next year's draft is going to be a little different than this past season. I think there's going to be more quarterbacks. So I'll raise you a question before we get into our quick recap. How many quarterbacks do you have in the third round? Three. I also have three. I had to count. I have I have four. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see who those three or four quarterbacks end up being. So let's see. John, will you recap us the last six picks of the second round to give our viewers a general idea of who was picked before these next series of players? I certainly can. Real quick, I'll make a correction. I have two quarterbacks in the third round. Wow. Okay. They're pretty similar to last year. Yeah. Yeah, because I probably would have put Josh Allen in the third round, but he was taken at the 212 of uh, way, way, way too early second round. So that's a good segue. I'll start from the 2.7 on as we get closer to the third round. So the 2.7 was Brees Hall coming back from an ACL tear, but we think that he will clearly be the RB1 on the Jets. And if he is ready to go by week one, he'll be full force running back for the Jets. And then you got Ramondre Stevenson, a little bit of a risky pick here, but in a PPR league, running backs are in high demand and Ramondre Stevenson is a running back that can be a part of the passing game. We threw him in towards a late second. You could say Jalen Waddle at the 2.9 great wide receiver two for the dolphins. As long as two is the quarterback and he remains healthy. We think Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle will perform. Then we got Travis ETN on the Jaguars. They're hot. Their team's getting better and better as the year goes on, especially as Trevor Lawrence progresses in his career. This one, I think we can all agree we could probably move him up a couple spots, but since we're continuing on with the draft that we did two episodes ago, we have Jonathan Taylor at the 2.11. Definitely moving up a little bit now. Yeah, for sure. I would put Jonathan Taylor around the 2.7 probably, maybe even the 2.5. But anyway, we'll stick with this now. And then for the last pick of the second round of our way, way, way too early 2023 mock draft we have our first quarterback off the board which is josh allen at the 212 and then we go into the third round and you guys want me to go first and then we'll go bobby paul yeah let's do it all right so for the 3.1 not gonna lie i think this guy could break the second round as we get closer to the regular season and we find out what's going on with the running back position, the running back room, we'll say. But I think DeAndre Swift is deserving of a 3.1 pick. Okay, okay. I did have him in the third round. And like I said, if Jamal Williams is not on the lines next year, I think DeAndre Swift shoots up the draft board. But even if Jamal Williams is the running back, I understand he's the red zone vulture, the touchdown vulture, whatever we want to call him. I don't see him getting 16 touchdowns or whatever he got next year. I think some of those are going to go to Swift, which will boost his numbers up. And Swift has a whole offseason to just get healthy. 
Like whatever his issue is, <laughs> he can find a way to get healthy. And uh, I'll just say this. If Swift does not perform next year and I draft him high up in the rounds, he will officially be on my no-touch list. But I need to give him one more year of giving him credit. I think you got that dynasty bias, John. I know he's on your dynasty team. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But I am thinking redraft here. I I don't think my dynasty bias actually comes into play in all seriousness. I think – I think that it's just Swift is growing into the Lions offense. He's another year that more experienced. He got to play behind a vet. Like that could help. I Jamal Williams is getting older and he's older in a negative sense. I am starting to buy into the DeAndre Swift narrative again a little bit. Again, it's always just the injuries with him. He's extremely efficient as it is. So if he gets in the end zone a little more next season, then he will easily warrant this early third round selection and probably even a mid second round selection. Mm-hmm. It just always comes down to the health, but I'm starting to buy into the narrative again with Jamal Williams potentially leaving, especially Jamal Williams is still there. I'd still be a little hesitant, but I do like the Deandre Swift pick. All right. So then we got Bob at the 3.2. Who do you have? I'm going to start the quarterbacks here. I'm starting with quarterbacks. I actually had him as my 3.1. And come on, guys. It's the best quarterback in the NFL, and that is Pat Mahomes. Put, you really can't get better. Like, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. You can't get that good of value you know the quarterbacks are starting to shoot up there's such a gap now between the elite quarterbacks and the middle tier quarterbacks when we originally thought that it wasn't that great and this season proved that wrong so I'm going Pat Mahomes here and it gives you that positional advantage kind of like not exactly like tight end but it's close to you know as a positional advantage as you'll be able to get John I don't think you liked that I'm just surprised that you have Pat Mahomes ranked higher than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has a higher upside than Pat Mahomes. But they both put up similar numbers this season. They they put up similar numbers. You're right. It's just I think you've got to take rushing ability into consideration. I think there's a greater chance that – the thing is, like, we've seen Pat Mahomes do what he does for multiple seasons. Jalen Hurts, I think there's – I shouldn't say there's a likelihood, but like it wouldn't shock me if he regresses in terms of his sheer numbers just a little bit. And there's always that little risk of injury as well, since he's more of a running quarterback. So I kind of like the safer bet for me. Okay, so you're like erring on the side of caution, and it's not even really much of a – you're not really risking fantasy points because they do put up similar amounts of fantasy points. So I, I get what you're saying. You're basically choosing the guy that, I mean, have we seen Mahomes miss two games in a row in his I, career yet? I don't think so. I, he's been healthy pretty much his entire career. What did he miss? He missed maybe like one or two games last yeah. season. I don't. I really don't know. My only thought about Jalen Hurts is like, I know you're saying that you're thinking that there's a chance he could regress, but he he has made a leap every single year since – he started playing in college. So it's like six, seven straight years of improvement. I just can't, I'm not at the point where I'm like, okay, we've seen the peak of Jalen Hurts. No, 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 definitely not a peak, but 
Yeah, I personally just draft more on the side of caution and redraft. So I'd rather have Pat Mahomes just because I've seen it over a longer course of time and there's less of a risk of injury. But I still have Jalen Hurts in the third round, not to Yeah. No, I'm don't get I'm, wrong. I'm sure you do. Yeah, yeah, I I feel you. Paul, who do you have in the as the three point three? So I wanna touch on both these guys a little bit. I am huge Huge. I'm on the hype train for DeAndre Swift. I can totally see the Lions just looking at this year and being like, this is a complete rebuild. We know we're not going to make the playoffs. We have a shit ton of draft picks. We're just going to see how it plays out. And I think it worked fantastic, which is why they never truly rushed Swift back. I think if you look at from a talent perspective, DeAndre Swift is head and shoulders better than Jamal Williams. I'm super happy for Jamal Williams, what he was able to do. He broke Barry Sanders' touchdown record. But I don't know if the Lions are going to pay Jamal Williams next year because he's going to probably want a decent amount of money where they, they can allocate that elsewhere and still use Swift on his rookie deal. So I really like Swift. And then I think Mahomes is definitely the safest option here outside of Josh Allen. I think the only thing that scares me about Jalen Hurts is I am a Baltimore Ravens fan and I watched Lamar Jackson after his MVP year sort of get figured out. Now you can argue Jalen Hurts has the weapons. He has the supporting cast Better for on. Yeah, and the arm talent, I think, a little bit better than Lamar. Better agent. Okay, relax. But <laughs> but you're you're not wrong. You are very you are very correct in that statement. So I, I like Mahomes here, but <clears throat> this was really tricky for me. This was really really tricky for me, and so I'm going to just I'm going to ride the hype train here, and I'm going to put another running back, and I'm going to get Ken Walker here at three point three. I think the Seahawks are a run first team. I think they signed Gino on a team-friendly two-year deal, maybe draft a quarterback in the first round, which even with that case, they're probably not going to expect too much from their rookie. They're going to say, listen, control the flow of the game. You have a beast here in Ken Walker. I feel like every every Sunday I, I was watching football highlights and Ken Walker's carrying like eight dudes down the field. And I think they're going to look to him to be a focal point in this offense. I'm not sure Tyler Lockett's contract situation, but I think they have Metcalf at least for another couple years locked down. And Metcalf's a huge team player, so I think as long as the team wins, he doesn't give a shit, which is amazing. I love you, DK Metcalf, for that because that's how football players should be. But I think Ken Walker just has a super heavy workload and in a run-first offense on a team that, be honest, they got in the playoffs this year. They surprised people. I don't see them getting worse. I think they're only going to get better. Me so too. I like Ken Walker here with his upside. Yeah, especially if they give money to Gino. He's another year older. He may not want to be passing much, or he might just want to pass less, we'll say, which just means more carries and more volume for, for Kenny Walker. So I had Kenny Walker at my 3-4. So getting him at the 3-3 I think is an awesome price. And you can go ahead and look at that team three going three running backs, Austin Eckler, Travis Etienne, Ken Walker. That's disgusting. Yeah, oh so I, I didn't really draft in, in terms of that. I was yeah, just more looking at my no. talent big board. Yeah, I'm just I'm just noticing it. Yeah, so if you for those of you who are watching this, please don't think, oh, my God, why would Team 3 draft three running backs? Maybe you want to do that. Who knows? But th- that's yeah. not how – we're strictly going off of, like, how we perceive these guys will be in ranking. The, the team, if we were doing that, the team we'd be laughing at is Team 4 here because they got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. But Dude, if we both first, go off. <laughs> <for> the, <laughs> all right, Miss Sano. 
Uh, <laughs> so, so for the three, four, I'll give this team a quarterback here. We're going to go Jalen Hurts for the three, four. Nice. Nice. And I've already spoke about him. I, I truly think third round is Jalen Hurts' value. I think that if you do draft him in the second, it's too early. The 212 is a little bit different, but I think that the third round, beginning of the third round, is where Jalen Hurts should fall. And I, I do think Pat Mahomes could probably fall there too. I have him a little more towards like the middle, but I I like the Pat Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. Once Josh Allen gets drafted, expect Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts to get drafted within five picks after Josh Allen because that's going to start the run. People start panicking so much once they see a certain position start getting drafted. Like, you know, later in the draft when it's round, say like round 11 or 12, be like a kicker go off the board. They're like, oh my God, I got a kicker. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck, I can't get Tucker anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I always make sure I draft Tucker. So just, and I think I had the pick before Paul <laughs> just passed. <laughs> In our past redraft season, and I knew I had to take Tucker just because I knew that it was. Dude, I had I had Tucker in my queue, and I like walked away. I was <laughs> like, "There's no way someone's taking Tucker in the ninth. And Bob hurt my feelings. But Tucker, Tucker's a real fantasy asset, man. So, like I always say, never discount what a kicker could do to your fantasy team. But I do like the Jalen Hurts pick. Had him a little lower, but I'm. I'm completely fine with him being drafted that high. I think it's one round earlier and he was drafted last season. And obviously the season that he had this year completely warrants that upgrade. Yeah. I think Jalen Hurst is going in like the sixth round this year. Like he was the guy that people were targeting, like in the middle of the draft. Like because of his upside. Do you mean? Yeah. yeah this past I year. Think, I think Hurts went in the sixth as well. Oh, really? I might be. Yeah, I think I'm completely wrong on that. Herbert went before Hertz, and Burrow might have gone before Hertz even. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know why I thought that he was going in the fourth round. Just yeah, but I think I think what people are going to do this year is if you have that first pick, it's either going to be like if you have the first pick in the draft and you have the turn from the second to the third. I think one of those picks is going to be a quarterback. Yeah. I don't think if I have the first pick, I'm definitely taking a quarterback in the, on the turn in the third round and getting a top tier option, Agreed. which will then start the wave that we talked about where everybody starts panicking and grabbing. Yeah, quarterback. You, you, you do not want to miss the top three quarterback wave. We can say top four quarterback wave too, but once you start picking the fifth ranked quarterback, you're really starting to roll the dice on like a couple dud games low ceiling type of quarterback i don't know i think next year there could be i think like i will talk about him a little later but i think some people are sleeping on this one guy that paul's very familiar with that i think i already have my argument set for you bob don't worry i (laughs) i think people are sleeping on him oh we'll talk Uh, about it was drafted in the fourth last year by the way oh i really so i was right it was by one of our homers in the league. Yeah, and I was going to say. It could have been a little bit of a reach because I don't think Hertz – Hertz might have been like a fifth-round ADP, if anything. Yeah. Dude, I, I got Hertz. We had no idea what Hertz was going to do, you know? Yeah, I got Jalen Hertz after Kyler Murray in a league, in a yeah. super flex league. I'm That's in. another guy. Dude, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to draft, like, solid quarterbacks 
next season. Kyler Murray's going to fall. We say that every year. Oh, it's the 13th. This guy's still on the board. And then we find out at the end of the year, oh, yeah. fuck, yeah. Kirk Cousins sucks. Yep. <laughs> or Matthew Stafford. I drafted yeah. him in the 10th round. It was, yeah. I thought it was like crazy value. And <laughs> just horrible. Absolutely yeah. horrible. But yeah, I think there's going to be, there's going to be a lot more quarterbacks being drafted higher up this time next season. But let's move on to pick number five. And I'm going to go, I think this is going to be a little surprising. I'm going to go DeAndre Hopkins here. Whoa. Yeah. Didn't even have him in my third. I'm going DeAndre Hopkins here. I, I believe Kyler Murray's hurt though, isn't he? Now that I, remember yeah he, he tore his acl i don't know his timeline though that's okay d hop's going to the titans to play with tom brady no. yeah that, that's also that's another thing so they put him on the trade block and everything like that so i think no matter where deandre hopkins goes he's gonna go to a team that is already either a playoff team or is on the cusp of making the playoffs with the proper upgrades so You've heard teams like the Giants being interested. Maybe he ends up on a team with Tom Brady. No matter where DeAndre Hopkins goes, especially at this point in his career, he's going to be playing on a competitive team, and I expect him to put up really good numbers. He put up really good numbers this year, even after being suspended. So DeAndre Hopkins still can push for that wide receiver one status and push himself into the top 10. He's still very good. Wow, so, I didn't even think about D-Hop, dude. I have a very hot take for D-Hop, and I think that DeAndre Hopkins is a Raven next year. And really? I think he is a – we've been interested, and we deal with the Cardinals all the time, and that's who we traded Hollywood Brown to. So, DaCosta knows the GM over there, which I don't think he's the GM anymore, but he still has organizational ties. And I think D-Hop is a pivotal piece where if we trade for D-Hop and we get him, we then go to Lamar Jackson and we're like, listen, we got you the wide receiver one you're looking for. Here's the contract we want to give you. I know it's not the number you want, but come on, we got you D-Hop. Let's, yeah. let's do this and let's do it right. And that's a hot take. It's a hot take. Don't get me wrong, but... That's been the chatter on the local sports radio around here in Charm City. Oh, yeah. Did any Raiders fans call in this week? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Raider Bob didn't call in this week. My, I, D-Hop, that was a surprising one. I don't know if I would have him this early in the third just because I have a couple players running back specifically. I feel like there's going to be a lot of running backs that fall down to the third, specifically like the veteran running backs that were – higher up on the boards last year. I see them falling in like the mid third, late third D hop. I'll be honest. I didn't have on my list, but I will say he, he hasn't fallen off as a receiver. So he's still an elite receiver. I just feel like you can maybe get D hop at a better spot. Like I I feel this is a bit of a reach on D hop. I think like he, might drop in drafts for reasons that I don't really understand. Cause I'm looking at the guys that I have below him. And I guess this is just my own personal perspective. I don't see guys that I'm like, these guys are shooing easy picks over D hop from based on what I saw from D hop this season. 
and considering that he'll probably be on a better team next season. So yeah. I think it's more of a thing, and I guess it shows my lack of belief in some of these players that are picked after him. Okay. All right. Let's see. Oh, wait, no. Paul's up. 3.6. Let's see if, let's see how this player compares to D hop. Yeah. I'm interested. Unless it's like a quarterback. So this was, this was definitely tough for me. This is when it got to the point where I kind of like all these guys, I have them all in that same tier, but the guy I have on top of the list, honestly, and I don't like it because Calvin really is going to be a Jaguar next year, but I think that they paid Christian Kirk for a reason. And Christian Kirk came out here and was the wide receiver 11 at the end of the year. He was a wide receiver one. Yeah. So I think that if you get a young, very talented quarterback, a great offensive minded head coach in Trevor Lawrence and the wide receiver one on a team and Calvin Ridley hasn't played football in over a year. So it's going to take him, at least some time to get used to being back out there. And Lawrence has that rapport with Kirk already. And he's proven. I mean, he he showed us this year what he can do. He finished as a wide receiver 11. And what we expect to be a very top-heavy wide receiver draft in the first round at least, and then almost half of the round in the second round, if you can potentially get a wide receiver one here after drafting guys like Travis Kelsey and Tony Pollard, after drafting guys like Brees Hall and Stephon Diggs, you can really set your lineup apart here, grabbing Christian Kirk. So I like Christian Kirk in our way, way, way too early. Let wait until a hype video comes out on Calvin Ridley, and then maybe I'll change my mind. But okay, yeah, I I think I think I would take D Hop over Christian Kirk, which makes this draft making more sense at this moment. What about you, Bob? I feel like you would say you would agree with that. Yeah, I ha- actually had Christian Kirk in my third round. I, the only reason I have D-Hop over him is I'm worried about the amount of mounts that need to be fed in the Jaguars offense with Ridley coming back. I think whatever team D-Hop goes to, he's going to be the unquestioned wide receiver one on that team. And yeah, it'll probably take Calvin Ridley a little more time to get acclimated and everything like that. But at some point, he's going to be fully acclimated and he's going to take volume away from Kirk. I would be surprised if Christian Kirk repeats as a wide receiver one next season. I think D hop has a better chance to do that. Okay. John, I don't think, I think you're surprised here. I think you're, cause you said it earlier. I think you were expecting more running backs to go here. I was, I was, but it's really hard to it's really hard to do way 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 too early mock drafts. So I'm going to be honest. Like we're yeah. really jumping the gun here, and clearly this is going to change. So I'm not worried like about getting it right. I'm not even worried about having a different opinion in one week from now. It's just like I see these names pop in. I'm like, yeah, like they Christian Kirk finished high. Like D Hop clearly wasn't on my rankings because I only saw five games. So he's just not at the top of mind. But it's the D Hop type of players where you got to think about. My, I, I, I am going to go running back here and he is one of those vets. I believe he got drafted in the first round last year. Ooh, and damn. So he's, he's fallen, fell off a little bit. 
Yeah, he's falling off, and quite honestly, he finished the season as like the running back 13, so just outside of the running back one range, which means that this is proper value, I would say, for one of those types of players. He's not falling down the rankings because he wasn't injured or anything or because they stopped using him or they brought in a younger guy. Like He was still on the same high-powered offense. It's just he wasn't the running back six that we predicted. He was the running back 13. So, do, Do you? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to – and let me just double-check. Was he drafted – he was drafted number seven overall by Paul last year. What? Oh, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> and so I think Joe Mixon deserves a spot. And quite honestly, I would probably put Joe Mixon over D-Hop here. Really? I think so. John, if you want, I had Joe Mixon in my third round, and I completely took him out because of this one factor. I but don't – I'll let you go for him first and then. Yeah, sure. I've already said it. He hasn't been injury prone. He's still on a high powered offense. They haven't brought in a new guy to take his job. You're not, I, I don't think we saw much of a snap count regression or anything like that. I think he might've just maybe, honestly, I, I haven't dove into his stats, so I don't really know. I don't know why he was the RB 13 versus what we predicted him to be, which was like the RB five. One big game. He had yeah. one big game, and then after the bye week, he played like he was only on the field 55% of the time. Samaji P. Ryan took a lot of work away from him. All right, then what's the argument for Chubb then? Because once Deshaun Watson came in, Chubb sucked, but we're still putting him in the second round. I the argument for Chubb is that he still touted the ball 15-plus times every week. And he gets in the end zone. Mixon's sixty six percent of Mixon's touchdowns this year were in one game. He had six on the year and he scored four in one game. His, the biggest thing with Mixon is that he was drafted so high from the season before when he had like that breakout year. He scored I forget how many touchdowns it was, but it was definitely double digit touchdowns. And he had a really good year that year, and it was so overdrafted. And the inevitable touchdown regression was coming. And Mixon just doesn't pass the eye test for me anymore after this season. With Paul mentioned it, the snap counts going lower, the snap percentage going lower, and the inability to get in the end zone, for me, didn't warrant putting him in the third round. But his volume still definitely could keep him in that third round range, for sure. Yeah, he was the RB10. But I'm saying to counteract the Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb actually finished Week 18 as the RB1. Like he in week eighteen, he was the RB one. He well, led. That's, that's an irrelevant week, but I mean, if anything, it's how they finished the year playing a divisional opponent in Pittsburgh. Yeah, where Joe I, Mixon steadily declined. Although he, he did, did have a good game against us, I think Mixon Mixon declined in touchdowns, yards per carry, rushing yards. That's a big one. Four hundred less rushing yards. That's forty points. That could put him clear RB8 or something like that. The one thing he did positively progress in was in the passing game. He got an extra 18 catches mm-hmm. with one touchdown. So the receiving game, that could be holding him in that third round because he's still utilized in a for a full-point PPR league. That could still be looked at as valuable. I see your point about touchdowns, 
yards, snap count, however you want to say it. But I, I just think that he's able to have that type of year again where he scores 244 fantasy points. It could all just – honestly, yeah, fantasy is always in some sense a crapshoot. So it could have just been the ball didn't bounce his way. His number wasn't called as much in the red zone, that type of thing. And that could change from year to year, honestly. Yeah. But the good thing that he has going for him is that this Bengals core is staying together. So – I don't really see a big issue with him being drafted here. He's still going to get the rock. Yeah. So I think I think he's a safe pick here in the third round. Yeah. Especially if you grab him as an RB two, he's very very safe. Definitely a floor pick for <clears> sure. <throat> and but this next guy that we have, and what pick are we at, John? Can you recap since it looks like we're halfway through? Certainly, we are. We just started the second half of the third round. So for the. The first pick of the third round, the 3.1, we got DeAndre Swift. We have our second quarterback coming off the board in Patrick Mahomes for the 3.2. Kenny Walker, 3.3. Jalen Hurts, 3.4. D-Hop, hopping his way to the third round, 3.5. Christian Kirk, 3.6. And then we got Sleepy Joe Mixon at (laughs) 3.7. I like that. All right, (laughs) so now we're at 3.7. 3.8. Three eight, three eight. Yeah. Oh, we just started. Okay. Okay. So now we're at three eight, and I'm gonna pick a running back here. And this is a guy that I personally would rather have over Joe Mixon. And I'm looking at his stats now. I'm actually surprised that he finished in RB one territory, given all the. I don't want to say adversity, but stuff that a lot of stuff worked against him this year in terms of splitting the carries and his team not performing as well as expected. Uh. And and this is a really, I think a really, really good value play at this point, basically towards your, we're getting towards the tail end of the third round now. And yep, John, you're right. And we're going Aaron Jones at three. This is shocked that he actually finished as an RB one. So Wow. It's just like he never really truly hit that like ceiling of Aaron Jones that no. we see. I think that's why that's what's cool about you can be an RB one and average like a consistent twelve points a game. Like not average in terms of like dud, boom, dud, right. boom, like 12, 12, 12, 12, sprinkling an eighteen there, a, a twenty-two, and like the, people don't look for that type of running back. They look for the flashy, you know? Exactly. And It looks like he's going to be back with the Packers next season. We're not sure what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and the quarterback situation in Green Bay. But it seems like Aaron Jones will continue to get the rock in Green Bay, regardless of if he's splitting again with Dylan. So I like Aaron Jones here. I think it's a good value play. Yeah, so I actually had Aaron Jones slash Joe Mixon because I – I was torn. I had no idea which one to pick. So, yeah, Aaron Jones, surprisingly, I think he was like the an RB8. What was he, RB8, RB9, something like that? Nine in PPR. Nine in PPR. Well, and that's it's, the top ten. Yeah. And he's he's uber talented. And I could you imagine if he didn't have A.J. Dillon eating carries and eating things like, dude, he'd be very, very good. But Wow. I like Aaron Jones. I do like Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is going to show way more positive progression in terms of rushing touchdowns next year. He had two. So, like, 
I would expect a boost in Aaron Jones. My only concern, if I were to have one, I really like the Aaron Jones pick, would be like, it's kind of a two-part question. The first part is, are the Packers going to utilize A.J. Dillon more and more each year, which would cut down Aaron Jones's usage? And if you think that the answer is no, they're not going to use A.J. Dillon more and more each year, then are the Packers like ruining a good running back's career? I think they're elongating it. Is that the right word? Stretching like, it out? Lengthening. Yeah, yeah. I think they're lengthening. I think they look at Aaron Jones and we're like, we want you to be here for a long time. You give us the spurts. And obviously, these head coaches, Matt LaFleur could give two shits about our fantasy team. He wants to have two pairs of fresh legs running the ball because at its core, I truly believe Green Bay's offense is a run-first offense. And if you have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, and that's like a that's a great thunder and lightning punch right there. Totally, I do think that they're they're not ruining his career, like we said. They're probably lengthening it, but in terms of fantasy, they're ruining it. And I only care about fantasy right now. Same. So I think Aaron Jones could easily, if they gave him the workload, if they gave him twenty plus touches a game every single game he would easily be being drafted in the first round or at the very least early second round, like he was last year. But Matt LaFleur has shown no indication that he's going to start feeding Aaron Jones over A.J. Dillon. It looks like it's probably going to be a split again. Maybe that changes, but I highly doubt it. Yeah, I just don't think – I think this is what Aaron Jones is now. Unless A.J. Dillon gets hurt, he's probably like a late third-round pick. But But that's good value. Unlike last year when he was being drafted at the top part of the second round. All right, Paul, you're up for the 3.9. All right, I'm going to be a little boring here, and I'm going to take the fourth quarterback officially off the board. Tell me and that's going to be Joe Burrow. Ooh, okay. Nice. I'm taking Burrow. And did you guys know? I didn't know it until I looked it up. I had Burrow above. A lot of these quarterbacks on the list, but I didn't realize that the point gap was this crazy. Joe Burrow finishes a QB four, and the QB fifth finished more than 60 points below Burrow. So when you get that out of your quarterback, I think once Joe Burrow goes off the board, the quarterback market kind of takes a steep drop. You can argue Lamar Jackson, which I won't disagree with, but Joe Burrow here is just a baller. He's just fantastic, and if you have an opportunity to grab him in the third round, especially late, and then use that late pick to get the wraparound in the fourth and grab a skill guy, grab a receiver, running back, whatever have you. So, yeah, I love Joe Burrow here. I'm going to take him. I think once he comes off, it really does set the quarterback tier down a notch. Certainly. Yeah, there's a big drop-off between the QB4 and the QB5, I think. I feel yeah. like Bob has a quarterback in mind that he wants to throw in there. I is it? It's not my pick, though. It's your turn now. Or is it yeah. my turn? No, it's not. It's not. I'm, I'm trying to think of who. I, I have a guess of who you're going to choose. I think it's a little crazy, but I, I get it. It's not. Um, I, think it says, I don't think we're on the same page with that. Okay. In terms of Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is ascending just like Jalen Hurts is. And yeah, I see them both being top four quarterbacks next year too. They're both going to be competing for the MVP next year as well. I I think you can see these four quarterbacks that we have on the board in terms of 
Josh Allen, Patty Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow competing for the MVP every year, just like what Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes were doing. Which means it's time for my last pick of the third round of our way, way, way too early mock draft. Quite honestly, you guys have said some players that I haven't had, so it's like tough for me to throw these guys in, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to say Garrett Wilson. Really? Dude, I had him actually at the top of my third round. If you weren't going to pick him here, I was going to pick him. It, I have a lot top. of snubs. I have a lot of snubs for the third round, but I'm thinking that he's probably the best on my list. I did have a tight end going this round, but I think that we've learned our lesson that you don't need to get a tight end in round three, although it sounds really nice. There are other flex players that you can get. And in this case, a wide receiver one on the Jets who is going to have a better quarterback next year. And we hope so. We sure hope so. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to get a better quarterback. I'm not really worried that they're going to have the same quarterback. So you throw Garrett Wilson in there. Was he a borderline wide receiver one this year? He had to be. He was not. He was a wide receiver too. He oh. was the 21st wide receiver. However, he started pretty shaky. He didn't have his first double digit game. Until week three, you got a little pop out of Garrett Wilson. Those were the Joe Flacco days. Then he just had the QB carousel. So I I, I see Garrett Wilson having a big jump. And I'm going to say it right now. I think it's going to be a jump like this guy right here that CeeDee Lamb had after his rookie season. I really that CeeDee Lamb, 22nd PPR with Dak Prescott as his quarterback. Then he goes to the 19 and the 5. So I'm expecting... Garrett Wilson to have a similar jump like CeeDee Lamb and hopping his way up the draft board for sure. I like By the way, he was drafted in like round 11 last year. So if you're in a keeper league, Garrett Wilson, do it. I didn't have him, although I probably should have, but I think the skeptical Jets fan in me didn't want to take him this high because you're just always conditioned to think the worst. So I was more of going back to my strategy, more of a safe pick. Even though I think the Jets will have a better quarterback, it's just like that pessimistic Jet fan in me. I don't know. Paul, what do you think about Garrett Wilson next year? I absolutely love Garrett Wilson. And I think the reason I love him so much is I am banking a lot on the fact that the Jets do bring in a veteran quarterback. I don't think they draft a rookie. I think they bring in a veteran. I think Lamar. at the very least, they get – no, not Lamar. Lamar is going to stay a Raven according to my hot take. I think they're really in the market for Aaron Rodgers, if anybody. And I think at the very least, they get Derek Carr. And so if we put Derek Carr as the floor of the quarterback talent that the Jets could get, that is still head and shoulders better than Zach Wilson, Mike White, whoever that Russian guy is they touted out there in the Jaguars game who just ran the ball the entire time. Yeah. So I, I love Garrett Wilson. I really do. I was going to pick him if John didn't, but now I'm glad that he did because I have another sneaky guy that I want to throw in there. But before we get to that, Bob, who's your pick? So I have a couple guys in my third rounds that haven't been picked yet that I had above this current pick. Actually, yeah, three guys. One of these guys I don't feel as good about now with the way the board has broken. But so it's more... Now it's a question of if I want to go a ballsy pick or a little safer for me. And, yeah, I think I got to go safer safer pick here. 
I really wanted to take the other quarterback, but I think it's, yeah, it's still too early given his situation. So for pick 11 here in the third round, I'm going to go with T. Higgins. One of the safer picks you could probably go with at this point. Now, he does have some hiccups where they'll say that he's going to play. He goes out there for the first drive, and then they take him out, and he doesn't play for the rest of the game. But T. Higgins is as solid as a wide receiver, too, as there is in the NFL. This is just good value for him. I believe he was being drafted higher last year. So having him at the end of the third round, he's going to get the volume in that explosive Bengals offense. Just another good value pick, I think, at the end of the third round. T. Higgins has been making jumps his whole career. So look look at this. Eh, 28-24-18. So he hasn't reached that wide receiver one level yet, but he is consistent in terms of his touchdowns. So all we really need to see is just, like, when is he going to get that 100 reception year with double digit touchdowns i'll tell you when it's whenever jamar chase gets injured and t higgins <laughs> takes over this is definitely a safer pick i did have him in my third round in fact i actually had him earlier than 3.11 but i decided to hold off on it because like as we were throwing in these players i was like okay i think he needs to fall back now so i do have t higgins going in the fourth round currently where my mind is at now but it is the safe pick. It- and I, I think the only knock you can say on T. Higgins is that he is the wide receiver two on the depth chart. Yeah. that That's like the only knock. So there are going to be games where Jamar Chase gets 18 targets and Higgins gets four. But then on the other side of things, there are going to be games where it's a T. Higgins game and it's not a Jamar Chase game. So I think T. Higgins will be consistent for the most part on where he's being drafted right now. I think talent-wise, if you put him on any other team with a decent quarterback, he's wide receiver one easily. Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. But with where they are right now with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins I think is a very safe wide receiver two. Very, very safe. He teeters the line for me on wide receiver one, where if you go running back heavy or if you go Kelsey and then a running back in the first two rounds, Higgins, like, I'm praying that Higgins falls to me in the third round. If that's yeah. how my draft turned out. Yeah. Exactly. If you could actually get him in the fourth, that would be crazy. <laughs> that would if be. You, imagine what your team would look like if you got T. Higgins in the fourth round. Yeah. Higgins has just been so consistent since his rookie year. His numbers have almost been the same. You look at his targets. He went from 108, 110 to 110. Same amount of targets his second year and third year. And then his catches, 67, 74, 75. Like, Touchdown six six seven. So you know what you're getting with T. Higgins, and I don't think you're gonna see him get worse. So this is like another solid floor guy where if he's your second wide receiver, or if you go wide receiver heavy and you have T. Higgins as your third receiver and he's your flex spot, that's really nice. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, going like no RB strategy and you're going wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Although I think that's a little crazy. We did realize this year that wide receivers can win you your league. They're much more valuable than we thought. Our previous thoughts were you can get wide receivers later in the draft. Yeah. What we've found is that it's like 
those early wide receivers that you grabbed in the first couple rounds, first four or five rounds, if you went heavy wide receiver, you're probably lucking out, especially when trade bait comes around and all that stuff. You can get a solid running. You can fill holes with your wide receivers. Paul, you have the honors, my friend, of the 312. So I wanted to take a sneaky pick here, but I looked up a few things and decided against it. So basically, I'll start with this. I wanted to put Hollywood Brown here. I really wanted to. But with Cliff Kingsbury gone, with Kyler being out until at least October, which puts us at, what, week four, week five, somewhere around there, I can't do it. I just can't do it. But what I'm going to do is I'm, I can't believe this guy hasn't been taken already, and that's Dalvin Cook. Thank you, dude. That was going to be my biggest snub. Really? So happy you did it. I'm going to put Dalvin Cook in here just because he did still finish with over 1,100 yards. He scored 10 touchdowns. Right? He's still involved in the pass game. That's crazy. That, wow. He's a He's running back one, right? Yeah, he was RB11. Nothing is changing about this Minnesota Vikings team. Their head coach is still around. Kirk Cousins is still going to be the quarterback. Justin Jefferson isn't going anywhere. If anything, you could argue that Adam Thielen might sign somewhere else, which just guess what? opens up the door for Dalvin Cook to have more opportunities in the red zone because we all know Adam Thielen hawks red zone targets. And isn't Madison a free agent as well? Madison is a free agent. So so I will say this. I did do a quick read on Dalvin Cook. He did post a career low in yards per attempt, which isn't great. That's definitely trending down. But for him to potentially be your RB2, at the end of the third round, and for you to have that ladder pick at round four, I think you'd be a fool to pass up on him. I agree. I mean, we have three of those running backs that were first-round picks. Mixon, Jones, Cook. Those veterans, I think, deserve to be in the third round. They can be your second running back, maybe. But, again, if you're planning on going wide receiver heavy and you want to like flirt with that no running back strategy, Dalvin Cook is the answer for your first running back. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah, and I think we're seeing a shift. We're seeing a change. So the RB dead zone used to be in like the fifth and sixth round because everybody grabbed running backs in the first and second. But I think we're seeing a shift where it's going to be the wide receiver dead zone Mm. in the fifth and the sixth. I think people are going to go wide receiver heavy in the first couple rounds. These running backs will be sprinkled in there depending on what you need because it it is a pass-heavy league. And you're absolutely right. It is a pass-heavy league, and – these running backs, really anything can happen. Look at Javante Williams, gets hurt in week two, gone. There's your second round pick. So a lot of these receivers are being taken earlier because they are safer. They don't get hurt as much. They they post consistent numbers. Where running backs, you see constantly, Joe Mixon went from the RB24 to the RB10, to the RB18, to the RB36, to the RB67, to the RB1. These guys are all over the map where C.D. Lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jalen Waddle, when they're out there, they're consistently putting up wide receiver 15 and better numbers. Yeah, and I think wide receivers have higher ceilings than running backs now just because like you have the risk of running backs getting their touchdowns vultured. You have the risk of splitting carries too because you were saying it's a pass-heavy league. Well, it's also a split-back league now for most teams. So running backs are really at risk in terms of fantasy value, and I think we're going to notice that this year. Yeah, I like the Dalvin Cook pick. I didn't have him, but you guys put forth a good argument. And I think if you could get Dalvin Cook at the end of the third round, I think this is where he should be. I would not Mm -hmm. 
I would not reach for him. Maybe you can make an argument for the middle of the third round, but I would not reach for him at the beginning of the third round. This isn't the Dalvin Cook we used to know that was being drafted second overall. And also, he's getting older, still has that risk of injury. So I think this is fair, very fair value, probably more than fair value for Dalvin Cook. Does, does Dalvin Cook have the risk of injury still? I think he's shaking that. I think- he, I think, went, he played I think, a full season this year. Then he had 13 last year, 14, 14. Which is yeah. that's on par for a running back. Like that's, that's pretty good for the last four years he's played. He's missed maybe three or four games. Yeah, I just – I feel like – I don't know. I feel like since he's getting older and now with a little bit of a history, maybe, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But <laughs> – Fair value for Dalvin Cook, I think, and he would be a luxury to have this late in the third round. So now that our third round is complete, John, recap us on the last half of the third round, and then we could get into our snubs. Certainly. So I ended off with Joe Mixon at the 3.7. So at the 3.8, we had Aaron Jones slotting in there. Excellent value if you're getting him at the end of the third round. Joe Burrow as our fourth quarterback taken off the board at the 3.9. Garrett Wilson, little bit of a reach for some, but could be that pick that people are talking to you week 10, week 11, as the trade block is coming around and people are just begging for Garrett Wilson. That could be like Uh, a winning pick, honestly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The way that I was viewing it was like, I like Garrett Wilson. I don't want to not get Garrett Wilson, so I'm going to get him now. Yeah. But this is where I see him falling is like late third round, early Mm -hmm. fourth. Then we had T. Higgins at 3.11 and Dalvin Cook at the 3.12, which seems like we all agree is excellent value. So I guess we can move on to our snubs now. Yes. As much as I want to name all of them, let's try and pick one. Okay. I have one, and I probably shouldn't have him here after how he treated me. This past fantasy season, I think he came back and showed why he is worthy of third round value and definitely fourth round value. You're just running the risk of his hamstring falling apart again. And that is Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen came back and was typical Keenan Allen. His floor is easily, easily 12 to 13 points a game. If he gets in the end zone, you're talking about a 20-point game easily. Still Herbert's favorite target underneath. And, again, these Chargers wide receivers just get hurt all the time. Mike Williams is hurt, so Keenan Allen could always benefit from Mike Williams being out and vice versa. I personally would rather go Keenan Allen just because he's more of a floor guy and a ceiling guy. And I'll just run off these numbers real quick. Since he came back, 12, 15, 20, 21, 16, 21, 11, and 30. So he stays healthy all year. You're talking about a wide receiver one, honestly. Yeah, that's who I thought you were going to pick over T. Higgins, by the way. I just, yeah, I couldn't do it just because of the way he treated me this year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I totally see Keenan Allen being third-round value. again. I know everyone always talks about injury history when they're drafting, and you should, but I do think that if you're going for a win and you trust your skill in drafting, 
snagging Keenan Allen is huge because if it works out, you got it. And if it doesn't work out, well, then that's when you have to rely on your draft skills to make up for it. Or maybe we could say your fantasy managing skills too, if you're making some in-season moves to make up for the injury of Keenan Allen. So I think that you have to start thinking about skill first, then you think about injury history, then you think about age, and that's where you go from there. That would be my drafting advice. Keenan Allen puts up points. 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 Hella points. Paul, who do you, <laughs> Paul, who do you got as your snub? So my snub that I have that I, I wanted to put here, I know I mentioned Hollywood Brown, but I don't want to put him here with the whole carousel that's happening in Arizona. But this is a guy who has had dog shit quarterback play his entire career and still somehow manages to be in the top 30 of overall flex players. And that's hmm. Terry McLaurin. I don't Whoa. know how we oh. keep sleeping on my boy, Scary Terry. He finished as a wide receiver 14. He finished as a 26th overall best flex player. So that's running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. And could you imagine if the freaking commandos were able to just get a decent quarterback to throw him the football? How's it would this- be lights out. Are they going to be? running it with Sam Howell next year. I think that's what the rumors are, is that they're just going to run it with Sam Howell because they drafted third round, I think, or something last year. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And we might be looking back at Terry McLaurin's career and be constantly thinking from a fantasy fantasy perspective of like, what if? What if he went elsewhere? What if he did this? And I think that he did sign an extension with the commander, so I think he's there for the long haul. He is. I think they did give him his money, but God, he puts up numbers now and it's never, I know we, we love Jahan Dotson. I, I know that we all do. We love him as a sleeper. We love him as an explosive playmaker, but don't get it twisted. Terry McLaurin's going to get his 10 plus targets a game. And so to have a talent level like that in the third round as your wide receiver too. And if you go no running back, that could even be your flex play. It's, crazy to think about yeah i had him this year and like he's consistent but sometimes he doesn't have any of those sometimes doesn't have those ceiling games which you want a couple of those every year but his his floor is solidified i'm just hoping to god that at some point they get this man they get him one a quarterback that can consistently get him the ball and just give him those consistent targets because there were times during the season where he was known as second half Terry because he would get like one target in the first half and then he would get eight in the second half and then you're just sitting there as a fantasy manager like what are these guys doing all game what is Ron Rivera doing all game not giving the ball to their best player so that's my only concern with Terry the talents there and we know there's not going to be a lot of competition maybe from Dotson a little bit but outside of that there's not going to be a lot of competition for targets. Yeah. Maybe that's why they call him Scary Terry, because he's just – every Sunday you're just like, dude, are you going to score me points? <laughs> <laughs> it does feel that way sometimes. So my snub – and I think I would take him – I would definitely take him over T. Higgins, and I would maybe take him over Garrett Wilson, but the one fallback here is that Garrett Wilson's the wide receiver one on the team, and this guy's the wide receiver two on the team. 
But boy, did he finish the season well. And that's Devontae Smith who finished as the wide receiver nine. Wow. And, no, I like that. I had Smith in my third round too. And just like we have the Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, where like sometimes it's going to be the Jamar Chase game and sometimes it's going to be the T. Higgins game, there were a lot of games where A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith equally went off. Devontae Smith started off a little slow, but then he had a crazy game. The third week, he scored 31 points against Washington. So like he got nothing the first week. Then he got 15 the second week, then 30. And then he had his dud games where it was four, and that was like an A.J. Smith game solely. But then you get like some consistency here, 18, 15. So I think Devontae Smith certainly has a high ceiling, which you saw towards the end of the year and a little bit in the beginning. But really you saw consistency from weeks 13 on where he didn't score below 17 points in terms of the fantasy season. So I think Devontae Smith, you're getting him at great value at the end of the third round, beginning of the fourth round, because, I mean, he was a 1,000-yard receiver this year. He scored more touchdowns than his rookie year, and he's staying very healthy, which people thought that this 180-pound dude was going to get rocked in the NFL, and he's proving a lot of people wrong. And he's not just proving people wrong in that aspect, but also in the way that he is playing. Like, people thought that he was going to be the the crisp route runner getting in like wide open areas of the field and burning defenses like Deshaun Jackson was doing. He's doing 50-50 catches. Like he's jumping up, he's toe tapping, he's showing amazing skill out on the field and I think he's very underrated right now and you could get him at perfect value at the end of the third or the early fourth round. <laughs> John just went into full-blown analyst breakdown <laughs> mode. <laughs> Dude John had that ready for yeah. Devontae Smith. I've never seen John so passionately like break down Devontae <laughs> Smith. But all jokes aside, I agree. I think you could argue the end of the third round. I think he would be a much safer like fourth round pick. But yeah, like you said, Devontae Smith has definitely proven a lot of people wrong. And I agree with you with those 50-50 balls. He's making some crazy catches out there that no one projected him to do. I think it's hilarious that John's desk lifted five inches the entire time he was talking about Devontae Smith. <laughs> <laughs> it kept going up. Five and a half, whatever. Five, five, sorry, sorry, five and a half. <laughs> those are some That's great snubs, though, boys. Yeah, this was tricky, man. I'm not going to lie to you. The third round is where it starts getting a little a little fuzzy. It all comes down to really personal preference. I'm not going to lie. I've had some bad experience in the third round in like the last couple of drafts. where dude, I, think I, can, I, continue, I took Gabe Davis in the fourth round, bro. Don't talk to me about picking shit players. I took Deontay Johnson. <laughs> Damn. I, oh. I, I took Keenan Allen. Oh, yes. What is life, man? Dude, what the, is third life? Round, the third round's... Arguably the hardest because you're either grabbing an up-and-coming star. Take quarterbacks out of this round. You're either grabbing an up-and-coming star that you're reaching on that everyone's going to shit on you for for the pick, or you're grabbing a like seasoned vet like Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, where everyone's like, you know, you're looking at your team after you're like, dude, I got Dalvin Cook in the third round, and then he sucks, and you're like, oh yeah, that's right, he's 28. Why did I fall for that? Yep, there. I think the fourth round should be even more interesting like there are definitely some snubs and there's definitely still a lot of quality talent in the fourth round but there's still some notable people out there that we left out of the third round so i'm looking forward to that next one but it's 
not next week because episode 31 is going to be our way, way, way too early wide receiver ranking. So look out for that episode coming out next week. But as always, we're going to wrap it up here. This was the eye test episode 30 of our way, way, way too early third round. So please subscribe to us on all platforms. We're on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, TikTok, all that good stuff. So like us there, follow us for more content. We are going to keep at it and we will see you guys next time. Peace.